Good evening, Cocoverse. This is your host, AJ, speaking. Welcome to another edition of the Chocolate Life Podcast. Coming to you live from the Cocoverse. And once again, we have Chaplain McKay with us. How you doing? How you doing, AJ? I'm doing well. Yes, yes, yes. This is this is gonna be a good one. I've I, I just feel it because um we we've had some conversations earlier and we're just gonna get into it. We go in and call this the freedom episode. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, the freedom episode. Well, well, taking that title itself, I think we actually think we understand freedom. We got people who think they're free. And yet, instead, we see, let me just back up. The planet is a prison planet. For those of you who have never heard that before, we live in a prison planet. And it's being controlled by the spirit of white supremacy. It's been doing it for a long time. So therefore, we have gotten comfortable. So whatever the spirit through the mental, through the emotion, through the physical is presented itself, that's what we actually call white supremacy. The white supremacy has been a spirit and we we hopefully we can go more into that as we continue to introduce the concept that it is spirit to people but i i want us to look at tonight how freedom is being didn't trample let's say that it's being trampled okay, yeah. on the, on the continent of what we now call africa and they're fighting back because freedom simply means the autonomy to be, do, speak without any interruption from any outside force. That's what freedom means. And if you're not doing anything to cause harm or unhealthy to you or anybody around you, then you should be able to carry out that autonomy within your own frame. Now, does that, that does this, you, how do you feel about that concept that I just put out there? Um, I, I, I like, I like that, 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 that concept of freedom. Um, I would like to experience that. I would love it. And the reason why I said it like that is because February 11, 2009, that was the day that I realized it. Even though they say, oh, you're serving your country for the freedom of your other fellow, other fellow Americans. Now, it just took a different meaning that day. Like I realized then that I wasn't truly free. And okay. so my so outlook is you, different. Aren't you, so aren't you a military person? I was. Yes, okay. I was. So uh, that concept that is thrown around so often to say people fighting for the country. So is that you didn't you didn't still feel that after that day? 
Mm-mm. No, I did oh. not. Okay. Well, going back to prior, the go ahead. But prior to that and being raised in a military family, I just automatically assumed that's what I had. But as I got older, you know, between the ages of 17 to 29, I was 29. No, I was 28 when that happened. Between 17 to 28, more and more I'd learn. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of cringing at stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then when that moment happened, that changed all of that. I'm, I just wrote a word down when, uh, and you said it, but hopefully your listeners will start taking the uh, notes themselves. You said you assume and really societies run and cater toward assumptions. You, we as humans, we assume a lot of things that the, the, the downside of that is we don't take it upon ourselves to find out if these assumptions have any evidence to back it up. And if it does have evidence, how much is applicable to our own lives in our own community. When I say community, I mean it on all kinds of levels. Yes. Uh, what, what, what does that mean? Because we've been living under these assumptions and going back to your statement, for you individually, uh, it's one thing, but seven countries on the continent have learned that they have been living under assumptions for years, more than 60 years. And I'm going to call their names. So if anybody is listening from these countries, well, hopefully they will start passing this information on. Mali, uh, Burkina Faso, Niger, Chad, Sudan, uh, Gibbon, and is it, I don't know how to pronounce that, it's Ghania, G-U-I-E. Guyana. Well, I don't know how to pronounce it, but if you say it's Guyana. Okay. Well, Guyana is, um, is it pronounced the same way the country in South America? Because it's not yes. spelled the same. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, that's why I wasn't pronouncing it that way because it didn't look like the one in South America. But looking at the word autonomy and freedom, they are freeing themselves from their overlords. And when I say overlords, I'm talking about that in every sense. They had puppet masters who paraded on these in these countries to be presidents or prime ministers, all of those titles that come from Europe. Yet and still, France has been living a life of luxury by keeping all of these countries poor while their people have lights, have water. Mm -hmm. And then they had the audacity, Europe now, the whole continent, not just France, but the whole continent, uh, when these people are having crisis in their own countries, uh, the continent of Europe decided, well, we don't want you here. So they're, they're, they're feasting off of the continent that we now call Africa. But yet at the same time, they were turning people back. They were putting people into camps. They were letting them know, we're not going to help you. 
And I still think about the the country that's fighting Russia, who is still thinking they supposed to have some type of priority over uh, the continent itself. Um, the the minister, the former, um, uh, what was she? She was, um, a, a, I think it was the South African foreign minister talking at the G20 that happened in India a few days ago. And she was talking about the, the hypocrisy of Ukraine, thinking they supposed to, the, the, the G20 was supposed to bring the conflict up that they're going through. And she had to remind the G20 very diplomatically that why would you talk about the Ukraine situation when you got countries who actually have thrown, overthrown their own government? So if they're not being invited, why would they invite people from Ukraine? So these countries are getting their voice. They're empowering themselves. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see that. I'm happy to see that because we can learn, hopefully, hopefully, I have to always say hopefully because melanated people have learned how to not trust each other for more than two centuries. Melanated people who have come here from the continent in the last 60 years, although it was all other people who worked together, mainly the ones who came through the institution of slavery, what they understood about freedom, they still tried to take it to everybody. That includes on the continent, that includes Southeast Asia, that even includes the people who now call themselves Israelis who came out of the, the Holocaust. It was because of black people from this country that make that happen. And people don't know the history because they don't know their own history. And I know that. People do not know their own history and they come from half of these places that uh, we call countries on the continent of Africa or on the continent of Europe. They don't know their own history. It's even on that continent of Asia. They know just what they've been programmed to do and everybody think they supposed to just, you know, shit on us. If I can, this is an adult conversation. They think they can. They think they, you know, they supposed to because they have been told. I've asked too many people who are actually from the continent and I'm just going to stick to the melanin people, hopefully, uh, for the most part. They have been told when they come over here, don't mess with those black people. It's like, but you're black, but they haven't been conditioned to be black. They've been conditioned to be the other. Yeah. And matter of fact, uh, one of my favorite comedians, Godfrey, he actually talked about he had he actually talked about this. Uh, what was that Thursday or Friday? And he was having the, he was having a conversation with this Dominican guy. And basically, Dominican guy was basically talking bad about black people and Godfrey is like hey dude you're darker than me no 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 I'm Dominican me I'm Dominican he's like no you can't salsa this off you're black <laughs> but I want us to also be able to stretch the imagination and I have to keep saying that for myself when I even use the word black when I use the word black and I know it, you know, it has the connotation that we're black. We're talking about the melanin in our skin. 
I'm talking about the politics more so than anything, because there were no black people in this country before the 60s. Right. Although we're still talking about melanin, that concept of being black was something that the the end, and I have to say the end because people get confused and they call John Lewis and all of these people civil rights leader. But for your audience, let me just let people know, John Lewis got booted out of the, the SNCC uh, group, which was uh, the teenagers and the young people of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. He got booted out because he was a coward. And that's when Stokely Carmichael became the president. And he started the chant down in Greenwood, Mississippi. That's where the civil rights movement actually started chanting. What do you want? Black power. When do you want it now? That's where the concept comes from, black power, meaning we want our own power. We want our own autonomy. We want our own freedom to do what we want to do according to how we understand our lives. We don't need no more big brothers. Our government has held us hostage. And I would have to say, people, that United States, we're really not free, but we have been so conditioned to fight. The poor whites have been conditioned to fight us and we fight them. And we're not really, now black people have more of a grasp on that in some ways than white people. But black people have actually in this country, and I'm talking politics now, they tend to run to the Democrats. And the Democrats, first of all, the Democrats are more insulting sometimes than the Republican. And if, if you can think you can be more insulting than Republican. Case in point, Joe Biden said on a, a radio show, I think Breakfast Club, I think it was. Yes, it was. Where he told this host, and he said it so boldly, I'm going, oh, that is such an insult. Uh, if you don't vote for me, then you're not black. Now you have an old, an old racist Southern strategy mentality of a person uh, running for president, yet and still, he has the audacity to try to tell black people how black they are in their politics. In other words, you are, you know, you part of Democrat. No, we're part of just like anybody else. We have autonomy in our thinking, in our politics, but yet and still, we should have some type of relationship with our struggle. And that is what the civil rights movement was talking about. Are you with me in this struggle? Because there were people who didn't look like they were melanated, but they were there with the struggle. They helped with the struggle. And but you don't you don't even really hear about them. Matter of fact, that's why the, the Birmingham thing kicked off. Because a white guy, a white preacher got killed down there. I mean uh, Jimmy Lee Jackson and all the rest of them got killed, but it didn't really start popping off until the white guy got killed and the white lady got killed. Yeah, that priest. And, uh, yes. Yeah, the priest and yes, it was a priest and another guy. I want to say the guy. I want to say the guy was just like a reporter or something like that. Yeah. Well, it was only until it was only until them uh, that. Uh, and see, that's and see, that's white fear, because then white people know, you know, they will kill us, too. 
So everybody hit the street, kind of like the George Floyd thing. They hit the street, but they really not with us in the struggle. Because if they were, you wouldn't keep hearing people talking about, no, they don't deserve reparation. Although we're at the bottom of the barrel in everything, economics, uh, political representation. Like I said, we're not free. We don't even have our own voice in politics. And you got two states right now, Alabama and I think Louisiana. They're trying to get their bought and paid for Supreme Court justices to overturn the you know overturn the gerrymandered uh political system back into their favor they have no intentions of doing what the court says they're trying to just make sure they can pay these bought and paid for supreme court justices off so they can bag down or gets you know they they keep working that that same strategy because that is their southern strategy. It hadn't died out. They just got new players. They got what's that? The Tommy Tupperville. They got the the young man from Josh Holly from um, Missouri. They got the Ted Cruz who don't know he is from melanin stock, but now his skin has now been you know melanin pulled out so he has a deficient mindset and we and, and we we have a many people like that they may have come from melanated people yet instill their mindset is melanin deficient and that's why I think in the future maybe we can stretch the concept of what a melanin mind is. That's part of that's a that's that's part of what the book will talk about. How do we look at it and see the difference? Because we 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 really talking about a mindset and a spiritual behavior when we're talking about what runs this world. And the United States is no different than Russia. They're no different than China. They're no different than North Korea. They they are very shrewd in how it's done. And they continue to play this bad cop, good cop. And now we see it just, um, it's just eating at the fiber of the whole country now. You got the, you got the UAW, all three companies striking. Was that last month that, UPS was striking? Yeah. Okay, and now we have UAW. Although uh, Donald Trump is going up there. And, and see, that's another part that the, the uh, what you call it, folks, the, the so-called be media. Somehow the media continues to brainwash people in saying, well, it's a toss between Donald Trump and um, Joe Biden. Donald Trump is not qualified, but if they push that long enough, people will start latching on and perhaps start looking at constitutionally, Donald Trump cannot run for president, but that's not what's being pushed. They keep talking as if Donald Trump can run from president in jail. He can't. Donald Trump, these, these states are putting these mandates in places themselves because they're trying to do certain things that the government is unwilling to do. 
the federal government, the only thing they are trying to do, when I say federal government, the president, the administration, and all of these other things, they just like Russia. They just like all of these things. But if they have us fighting, they can continue to weasel different things in, i.e. the immigration policy. You got people across this country who are now fighting because they don't want no more immigration. And they're fighting their democratic leaderships. Mm -hmm. You just had a, you had protests up in New York. To, was it, it was today in Staten Island, okay? As they said, blue collar. In other words, the white people don't want them, the immigrants up there in their community. They don't care you have them down in Harlem and all those places. Just like in Chicago, they don't care because they put them on the west side or over there in the different place with black people. Or remember when the, the immigrants went to Martha's Vineyard and Martha's Vineyard put them on a, 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 a plane and the buses and stuff and, and sent them on their way? Mm-hmm. Yep. But see, Democrats are running up against all kinds of problems with the immigration because you have to ask the question now. How is it that these immigrants continue to be able to not only come in the country, but to cross state lines going different places when the Haitians weren't allowed to even come in the country? That part. So we have to slow down long enough to start educating ourselves on all of the history that's playing out at the same time. Like I said, you got seven countries and the United States trying to paint them as some type of renegades. Well, even if they are renegades, they have decided they don't want their presidents. Right. And when you have that freedom, mm -hmm. you should be able Yes. To take those people out without any in outside interruption or interference from other bodies. But 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 that's that's a that is their freedom, that is their autonomy, and that's what they should do. However, it does not match what the United States want them to do, so they have a problem. They didn't have a problem when all of the people that they call Middle Eastern was doing it mm -hmm. or North African who consider themselves more Arabs than uh, melanated. They don't consider themselves melanated. They want to play that in between thing. You have a melanin mind or you have a melanin deficient mind. There is no in between. And if you have, a, if you, if you are trying to divorce, and I would have to ask anybody if in fact history is true on how civilization started we all came from melanated people or people with a hue that you call uh, brown, black, uh, chocolate, all of those different hues. We came from those people. I don't care if people want to say you came from monkeys. Then you still have to ask the question, well, where did these non-melanated people come from? Because they came from the same people. Mm-hmm. But they went through a metamorphosis. They went through a disconnect. They went through a very harsh condition for over 50,000 years. So now they are disconnected from humanity. They're led by hate. Mm 
And I have to keep saying that every week because hopefully we will learn to get people to understand humanity. Humanity who have been not in this 50,000 year crisis of the spirit, of the mind, of the body, of the emotions. That had, that, that's foreign. So when they came out of the ice age, they still looked like us, but they were not us. And we still suffering from that because of that very reason. We have assumed, going back to your word, we have assumed we are the same because we looked human. Right. We have not known the, the, the mentality of the other beings that we start cohabitating with all over again. And their whole goal was to become dominant on the earth. So we start seeing that over centuries and we don't have enough time to go through that whole uh, concept of that. But it would, I mean, they were built out of terrorism, isolation, hatred, disconnection. And when they came out, their main goal was to have dominance. They did not care. Dominance, and they set themselves up to be uh, rulers, okay? You know, kings, emperors, mm -hmm. all of those different things. None of that came from the continent. And we have to keep reminding everybody of that. The continent never tried to uh, force their concept of Mayat on anybody. Mayat is a principle for you to do your own self-reflection, for your group to do its own self-reflection. But as you see, uh, once it left the continent, people are not practicing any ethical principles as a group. Mm -hmm. And even on the continent, some of that moved away because people started moving into the behavior of uh, the mentality that uh, I'm more than you. So you got an attitude. You got an attitude that is not conducive for community because now you're talking about people who are now co-mingling with the people who came out the caves. They still look the same, but their, their mindsets are not the same. Once we pass the age of the pharaohs and start looking at other civilizations, we see complete breakdowns of all kinds of community structure. And we see how Europeans have taken whatever structure that was there before they completely came out the caves and they form this idea of supremacy, because they use that language a lot. Although, if you if we were to try to decipher uh, the Book of the Dead or Sanskrit or the cuneiform or uh, I'm trying to think of a, a, another piece of old writing. If we actually took those texts, we would not find the language that's being used by people who have been advocating this idea of supremacy. Even though when they said 
Egyptian had supremacy. Egyptians didn't say that. Absolutely right. That's a European mindset because the idea of being Lord, okay? Lording yourself over people. It's always been their goal because that's the history of their behavior. And even even with that being said, when the Greeks, you know, took whatever they took back to back to Greece or and then, you know, spread and it spread to Europe, they assumed that the pharaohs were rulers. Mm -hmm. They made that assumption. And mm -hmm. then it was almost like once they put it out there, that was the gospel. Okay. Africa, uh, the, the land we know is Africa or Kemet. They have rulers. Mm -hmm. And they're and, over and, these people, but that's not, it wasn't the case. Uh, no, because the, the, well, the, the Pharaohs, once they, while they were ruling, I'm going to go to Ramses. Okay. Ramsey became a Pharaoh. A Pharaoh, quote unquote, was not. Uh, how they they how they understood the concept. Let's just put it like that. How they okay. understood because you become a pharaoh once you're dead. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey was Ramsey. It's the so it's the equivalent of. Ruler emeritus or yeah, royal well, how, emeritus. Well, how, however, and I, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm giving. Hopefully, people will gravitate toward the book that I'm writing. Uh, hopefully, I'll finish it sometime next year. But it's a book to teach us all how to take a journey and find our own history, find our own narrative, find a way to understand this idea we call life, our purpose, and why are we here. To me, that's the beauty of understanding uh, comedic people or the people we call Egyptians. They didn't call themselves Egyptians or the people we call Nubians or Kushites. They call themselves that, although they've been buried underneath all of this uh, Arabic idea and concept of destroying us. And when I say us, the Arabics, although some of them still look kind of like us, I don't even know what Arabic mean. You look in something, some some uh, dictionaries, it says a language or a a people, but at the same time, a language or a people doesn't really tell you anything. Still. Mm -hmm. It was a part of this language. It, it starts off saying a language or Semitic, okay? Semitic. And, and you hear people throw that word around. Semitic, and they only talk about the people who came out of Europe who say they're, they're Jews. However, Semitic were well, all those people uh, from that area, if you want to call them uh, the Canaanites, they were Semitic people. The Elamites, they were Semitic people. The, uh, the um, I'm trying to think of another group, the Sumerians. I mean, all of these people, 
uh, Arcade, which uh, Arcadian, the guy mm -hmm. Sargon became. These are all Semitic people, but somehow it has been pigeonholed that only time if you're saying you anti-Semitic, well, I mean, some of these folks who call themselves Arabic, they're Semitic people also because it was a language. So mm -hmm. it's how all of these things have changed to fit whatever the ruling, the ruling elites, because they set themselves up to be this and they set themselves based on these old cultures like the Hittites, the Sumerians. The I have to go back to uh, Akkad, which uh, Akkadians, he was one of the harsh rulers. And then you had a whole line of harsh rulers. I mean, people who just did terrorism on their people. But nobody really ever talks about the the wonders and the the peacemaking that people were doing on the continent while these people still are killing each other. So we have to find that the history ourselves. Yeah. I only have enough snippets and now I'm actually doing more research and, and one thing I found out that once upon a time the whole thing we call U Asia, it was U Asia Africa. So they combined whoever wrote this back during uh, Herodotus time, they combined all three of these lands with the idea of these people. <clears throat> so that's way back. But that's yeah. way back when people had autonomy to do themselves. Uh, and I'll still go back to the continent. The continent had what you call pharaohs or rulers, I don't, uh, and I may have part of that wrong. They had leadership, yet and still, they didn't force their rulership on the rest of the region, like the, the Alexanders, the Cyrus, the Ottoman, the Romans. Well, Xerxes, and, I mean, yeah, Xerxes was part of the the Cyrus uh, uh, people, but they didn't force the rule, although e Egypt before Persia conquered what they call, they conquered and overthrew the government of Egypt. Egypt occupied all of the area that they call the Middle East, but you don't ever really hear that anybody talk about that. Yes, yes. So you a see lot of autonomy was allowed over your area. They weren't trying to do all of that. And like I said, I don't, I, I'm not that uh, scholarly in all of these things. I just know enough that I know history has not been fair to the contribution of melanated people. And they've always tried. And I say always because all of the history such as the Persian tried to destroy the history of the Egyptians when they took over. When Alexander was ruler, they burned the books in Alexander, Alexandria. Roman, they burned the books again. So we got people who like to burn books, kind of like now, getting back to the freedom thing. Mm-hmm. 
We got we got governors right now in this country who are burning literally burning books. Matter of fact, uh, yesterday, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, um, the diary of Anne Frank. You remember the little Jewish girl in the Holocaust that escaped with her family? Mm-hmm. And that book has been banned. So you got a lot, you, 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 you have the same behavior. And in other words, how do we corral and keep people caged, if not physically caged? Because putting people in chains, and I heard a professor say this, putting people in per- chains was the equivalent of what you do to an elephant. You put them in chains long enough, when they come out of the chains, they will still do what I want them to do just because they still live in that mindset. And that's what they tried to do to uh, uh, the people who were formerly slaves. But we have such a resilient spirit until we've always wanted to just do what we want to do for ourselves. That autonomy idea, I think it runs deep in our DNA. And I'm talking spiritual DNA now. So, if you if you want to uh, 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 add some more to that, you may do so. Yeah, and when you talk about spiritual DNA, uh, I'm going to take this to the the uh, the quote unquote freedom the free the 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 um the area of freedom that we call freedom of speech. Okay. Um, books are an extension of that freedom of speech. And like you just said, they are banning mm-hmm. Anne Frank's book. Now, here's the irony in that. I, I was in high school about 23 to 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. We had to read that book. My It was either my junior year or my senior year. It was one of the two. No, I'm sorry. No, it was my sophomore year when we read Diary of Anne Frank. And I remember people asking different questions about how this even happening, this and that, da, 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 da. And, you know, this happened over. And, and I remember I remember my friend Jasmine DeJesus asking this question. She was like, okay, we're studying this in an American English class. Mm -hmm. What does the Holocaust have to do with us learning English? And how does this, how how did this help us in the future when we have a history of doing stuff over here? Ooh, so what was the answer to that? It was a very, very politically correct. Well, we're studying it because it's on the curriculum. Um, I have to do my best to make sure you guys and do you justice by teaching you what's on the curriculum. But this book is, (laughs) and I remember like, and I was, and I remember as Jasmine was saying that I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, yeah, why don't you got to read this book? Well, I hope you. No, I could tell you, but I am not 
because I think sometimes we have to do a little bit more research, but there is a legitimate reason other than just being on the curriculum because Anne Frank and everything that was going on in Germany has a connection to this country. That's as much as I will give you. And the United States, like they are, like France is trying, was trying to control those countries and now they were awakening, they, they have awakened and now they're saying no more. The United States was doing it during World War One and World War Two. They were playing both sides of the fence. Yeah. So you have a, a a number of different things going on. You also have double agents going on. The United States have been a very corrupt place that they have done good propaganda to say uh, this is what? Land of the free? free. How is this the land of the free? And, and then you have to say land of the free for who? Right. Another because yeah, maybe it is a land of the free if you come out of Europe or if you will acquiesce to the mindset of a European behavior, which most people have done. And now the chickens are coming home to roost because Anne Frank and all her descendants are now learning that those flags that flew a few weeks ago after the young people got killed down in Florida. Uh, these people were doing high Hitlers down there in Florida. Mm -hmm. And somehow that becomes freedom of speech, yet and still, that's a very hateful speech. That That is the, uh, but that's what happened when you try to do dog whistles to say these people can get killed, i.e. black people can get killed in the street every day. Well, that behavior because it's such a barbaric behavior. It is such an out of control behavior and spirit. You don't get to control that when it's when it's just running roughshod. We saw that with the president. The president is part of that problem. Oh yeah. For 30 years, people in New York allowed Donald Trump to run roughshod, allowed Donald Trump to talk about the young people who were called a Central Park Five, saying, uh, what was that statement he said? Lock them up or hang them or something. In other words, you know, doing the dog whistle, saying do the, the lynching stuff. That was his statement. And yeah. now you got people thinking, you know, they got the green card, they can do this. You got politicians who don't care nothing about, quote unquote, uh, having laws passed. They just want to win. And, and now the world is seeing the United the divided states for what it is, it's been a facade, and now it's it's crackling under the pressure because Russia has been doing whatever Russia does for its own citizenry. I I don't I don't know enough about Vladimir Putin other than the fact that I know this fight been going on 14 years. This is not a new fight. Mm -hmm. I do know enough that uh, what is his name? Zelensky. Mm -hmm. Zelensky just wanted to be from under the control of Russia. And he thought he was going to be able to uh, be crooked because Ukraine been crooked for 14 years. They've been playing this, 
this game where they get money from NATO and the Western powers and they can do what they want to do because they were getting, they were doing like the people on the continent. They were getting fed all of this money. They were getting fed all of this ammunition. They was getting all these benefits and they were still holding their people hostage. Well, Russia said, you're not going to come up in my door to do that though. Because the United States was you has always used other places as proxy wars. And that's what they've been using Ukraine. And now the people on the continent are saying, we going to rule our own stuff. You don't get to tell us what to do no more. You don't get to bring the, 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 uh, what's the agenda? The, the homosexual agenda. You don't get to push that and try to blackmail us in accepting it. Because it's sad because homosexuals don't understand that they're being used to. Some of them may, but they, they, they're not, a, they're not willing to voice any concern. My experience that doesn't have to do with getting more benefits for the homosexual community. When in essence, they need to be talking just like we are. Right. We're talking about justice. We're not just talking about uh, uh, one thing. We're talking about justice for a whole community that have been neglected. When you're homosexual and you just talk about LGBT, you're just talking about one group of people. When you are Jewish and you're talking about stuff for Jewish, you're talking about one group of people. But guess what? When white supremacy gets ready to kill all of us, it does not care. No respect or person. It, it, it never has and it never will. It just have allowed the fighting to go on so long. It has used people to, not people, but use governments to be proxies. I look at continent, those seven countries, I look at them the same way I look at these mayors, these black mayors in the cities. They've been used for the power structure. But the only difference is now, the young people over on the continent, they have their own military. They're going to take control of their economic power. And they're going to stop giving away their mineral rights. Now, that's going to be an awesome scene when not just seven countries, okay, that's going to be beautiful, when the rest of the 40-something get on board and start doing the same thing. Absolutely. Because then they can start working more with each other instead of trying to work with China because China is a, I mean, that's a mindset that you still got these people who are still controlling their population. Russia still controlling their population. Their people can't do what they want to do because they don't have their own voice. They're not free to speak. Neither is China's. And now we got a situation, you know, India, the closest thing to Africa as far as saying, uh, trying to be respectful. But we got somebody up in Canada who was just killed. And supposedly it may be the Indian people. But people forgot that even during the time that Martin Luther King was talking about Gandhi, Gandhi was a racist. Yes. <laughs> and here's the killing part about the whole Gandhi thing. Like, and I think I think it was mainly 
Martin Luther King's love and respect for Gandhi, everybody, everybody saw him as this peaceful person. But like, I remember, I can't remember what class it was. Um, Oh, history, history, history of, um, history of world history of world leaders. And they, and you basically talking about big prominent leaders who were basically speaking change, you know, Nelson Mandela was in the book, Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Gandhi, Desmond Tutu, just different figures, mainly deal, you know, speaking on world peace, but, the one thing, and and the one thing the professor did, he was like, okay, Gandhi did do this, but there, he said, and the thing that got my attention is when he said Gandhi had a dark side. I'm like, whoa, what? Well, and, and, and let me add to the dark side. Gandhi also had a military that, if peace didn't work, he had a plan B. That's the part they forget. When talking about King, King was well aware. That's why I say I'm happy, you know, we we have guns now, okay? We can protect ourselves. Back in the 60s, we were outgunned enormously because up until the Vietnam War and, you know, the end of the 60s, most black people, they may have had a, 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 a hunting rifle, but they didn't have guns because after work, People started getting more guns after they went to the war. And mm-hmm. then they made it so everybody can get guns after like the 50s and the 60s. But black people still didn't have that kind of, as you say, a lion's share of weapons to protect themselves because they were just coming out of Jim Crow. Jim Crow didn't allow that. That's the reason why in in Tulsa and in uh, all of these other places, the, the black men who came out of the military were the ones who were fighting all of the, the riffraff that mm-hmm. when they got ready to kill the black people, they went to the sheriff's office and they gave them guns. It wasn't that white people had money to buy some. They were poor too, but they can go get guns from the sheriff department and go kill black people. So those are the things that we miss in history that we, we as I say, those are the little elements of history that are never brought out. It wasn't that we, we were just sitting there like sitting ducks. We were sitting ducks because we had no protection. And now Everybody has protection if they want protection. Or in my case, you have to hire somebody if you don't know how to shoot a gun or if you don't actually, uh, you you can't buy into that concept. But it's enough people know how to shoot guns. I'll, I'll say that. And they're not afraid to let people know you roll up on me, then you're going to catch the smoke. Because now the government is not so much about who is a licensed carry, you get states who are just allowing people to have guns and you don't have to have any type of permit because they keep moving the bar every time. Permitless open carry. Well, they move the bar every time they think they're about to lose the power structure. That's why I said, this is a a spirit that's like a chameleon. It continues to... uh, move and adjust 
every time society adjusts. And what we have not adjusted to is focusing on the collective of us staying alive. That's not to say, we're not saying we're going to do what they did because it's never been our nature. Right. But we, we, we must learn how to protect ourselves and say we are an autonomous group of people. Now, in the United States, we don't have that luxury other than when we keep fighting for local rights or states' rights to get, uh, get these, these renegade uh, savages with badges or guns who just continue to kill men, women, and children in the streets. Uh, and nobody prosecute them, then we have to do that. But if we really want to start moving in other areas and move to the continent, then we can do that and we can be better protected. But right now, right. we have to learn to know that we must learn how to work together. Because we have the history to do what has always been done. We've always been a fighting people. People from this experience in this regime we call the United States, and I much rather call it the divided state because it's never been united. The only time they've been reunited is to kill us. That's pretty much it. To kill us, to deprive us of economic rights. This government has always been on board to do that. Other than that, it's divisive and divided, and it continues to perpetuate that cycle. But that cycle is gradually uh, being depleted because the world has changed. They created this virus they call COVID, and it's actually doing damage. And not only that, COVID made things possible for a lot of um, what are these things, these towers, 5G towers? And I actually learned that in 2019. No, you know, national TVs don't talk about that. They're finding more ways to spy on us. So I think probably in the future, we need to talk about how um, we have been, um, we have been put to sleep by our media specifically our TVs, especially some of these shows, because on many of the things that have been done on TV, our governments have been doing them all along. And I think mm. of George Jetson. George Jetson was an early TV show about robotics and flying saucers and that kind of stuff. Yeah, That mindset has always wondered how melanin has worked. And when I say melanin, I'm talking about the chemistry that makes up humanity. I'm not just talking about our outer layer that's on our skin. I'm talking about the spiritual and the psychological DNA that makes us who we are as beings. Okay. And to take that Jetsons thing a step further, I would even go as far as saying Star Trek. Yes. Star Wars. Yes. Uh, aliens. Uh, yes. Planet of the Apes. How about we can just do that, you know, say that for another podcast to go into deeper, you know, do a deep dive to just talk about how all of those elements are playing out. I just thought about that when you uh, uh, when we were talking about uh, the, the situation that has happened where 
these 5G towers. These 5G towers were put up during COVID. Yeah, that was the trend. Yeah, that was the transition. That was the transition to actually become a, a, and I, is that the hunger game to become this new world order? Although people use that in some type of esoteric way, but the new world order has always been a transition that happened in 1200 BC. Mm -hmm. It happened in uh, the Roman days. It happened again in the 1600s. So we're transitioning and we continue to transition, but we got to know that these new world orders, they have always been. And it always been when the destruction, and really it's a pattern of destruction that has been done by this, this spirit that we now call white supremacy. But it has always been the destruction of the people that were called from the North. And then people that was called people from the North are the people we now call white. That's the easiest way for me to put it. Yep. That's how yeah. long it's that's how long this behavior has been playing itself out and it keep morphing into different different uh, avenues. And religion, we got to have something on religion too because religion has played a, 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 a very disservice to humanity. Religion yes. has always it, been used to hold people hostage. And, and it's been it used is, by the elites. And it is in decline as we speak. Well, as I told an elderly person uh, a few months ago, that her people learned to read English to get out of the, the uh, subjugation that they were in. Because this elderly person was challenging me that they didn't learn anything from white people. I said, but white people taught the people who taught you. But one thing white people didn't know, black people were teaching other black people how to read so they could get out of this subjugation. And they were doing it, as they say, on the low. That was done even while while the idea of the civil war was going on. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's never been taught to us that that was part of the, the idea of freeing ourselves. We've been doing most of the freeing ourselves for ourselves. It hadn't been anybody else. So the concept or idea of freedom is how do we free ourselves? And I would have to say, it, it comes through us digging deep within, owning whatever it is, the autonomy we have, and then learning to be free. It is not going to be, quote unquote, it's not going to be Allah. As, as much as some people that may listen to your podcast say, Allah going to do it. Nope, Allah is not. Jesus ain't going to do it either. Moses ain't going to do it. None of these people going to do it. Because if we if if we actually go into a deep dive, you would be shocked. <laughs> right. But we have to start owning whatever it is we need to free ourselves. Because really, that's what our ancestors did. 
they use all of this stuff as vehicles here. And I'm talking about the people in this country, right. not in any other country, in the, in the divided states. They use all of these concepts to free themselves and they put their own spin on it. That's why we've been uh, powerful in the arena of music, because we don't have a podcast on that too, how music has been a powerful vehicle for black people. Right. And, and now it's gone. Right. And that, and that's going into the freedom ex of expression thing. Yes. And, I, and so, um, I remember we, it was either last night or the night before you were talking about expression and you brought up the example of Meg the Stallion. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what does Meg is, and what's Meg saying? Oh, I'm just doing, I'm just doing what I'm doing. I'm having fun. I'm living my life. And now people outside of the melanin mind, they're t you know, mainly, those women outside of the melanin mind, they're looking at it. Oh, oh, that's sexual freedom. It's liberation. And now white women are acting the same way. White women are acting ratchet. Well, they, well, they've always been wretched, but they've always made the, you know, they've always put the face of wretchedness on black women. Right. or the sexual perversion on black women. And and really, if you look at it now, I mean, I think Meg is a very gorgeous woman. I actually saw this she woman. actually is. I saw this woman do a one of her rap songs at some type of um, award show a few years ago. I'm going, oh, so she actually know how and it was one of these songs that she do a lot of cursing and she did not say one curse word she did the clean everybody knew everybody knew where those words went but she did not so i'm going oh so she does have the capacity to do this she's just not so i'm looking at how people allow themselves that's why i said we have the autonomy we have the freedom to do certain things ourselves and we have to make up in our minds, are we going to sell our soul for certain things or not? Now, I'm not talking about Meg at this. I'm simply saying as a community, because I'm going to come back to Meg. And I didn't like the way the Fox News people use Meg's name instead of talking about the that, Congress. That politician. They and instead of them talking about the politician who was groping her boyfriend and being groped in a movie theater that was supposed to have been family friendly and blowing vaping smoke in front of a pregnant lady, they tried to take a dig at Meg the Stallion. I'm going, okay, this is a 27 year old woman who is an artist. Whatever she do, that's grown folks' business. If 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 people who have children on the 18, don't want them to see Meg, then don't let your child see Meg. Right. Meg is doing what grown people do. If that's what the music industry is allowing, that's what the music industry is allowing. But then you have to ask these young women, okay, how much of yourself are you going to allow these people to just use you? Because some of them are just, they, they, they have just, they have just gone. There is no limit to what they will do. And this this dance that somehow has become the 
the signature of every female, even those who have children, two and three. I can think of Sierra. Everybody should not be doing, uh, what's they call it? Twerking. Twerking. Twerking is a sexual mating dance. If you if they knew anything about the history of certain dances, they would know twerking. It's like, first of all, why are you continuing to twerk? Who are you trying to get? And um and uh it was a it was a young lady. She studied dance at Jackson she minored in dance at Jackson State. She was actually one of the J sets. Um and I remember asking her about that. She was like, oh, yeah, this dates back to this, this, this. And I'm like, what? And I was like, and, uh, I was telling her, me and some friends was watching BET Uncut. BET Uncut at the time, this is like basically music videos you not going to see during the day. BET Uncut comes on at 2 in the morning and goes off at 4. <laughs> So this is when you see the videos that are on the right. The songs are on the radio, but you're not going to see these videos during normal hours. So a lot of these videos like um, Ludacris had this video called P popping on the handstand. The majority of the video was shot in a strip club and what is the main dance that these strippers are doing when they're not on the pole they are twerking and i was asking her and she was like oh this this whole twerking thing this dates back to several thousand years on the on the continent she said several thousand years she said upwards to five to ten thousand she was like that dance was how men chose their wives and i'm like it's a mating dance. Yeah, it's it's a mating dance, and 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 I'm I'm looking at what they're doing, and it's like, do they really understand? And if if you quote unquote, if you're trying to mate, then go right ahead. However, if you are doing this and you continue to do that, and you are opening your all of your offices up to all of these spirits, because you are. Allowing your offices to be entertained, you're entertaining. I mean, go, what are you doing? But nobody probably have told any of these young women what you just said. Those people who are marketing them are just getting money and they're getting paid. And uh, Meg and what's that, Cardi B, they have a new song out. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, um, I'm not. But they're talking about getting paid. So you're doing the same thing that the you talk about the strippers. Now I know Cardi B. I think she says she used to be a she stripper. Used to be one. But that's fine. If you're a stripper, if that's your thing, that's fine. But eventually, you ladies are going to have somebody else you have to be responsible for. Right. Now. I know Cardi B has two children, a little girl and a little boy. And if that's your, actually, that's your freedom of expression. But eventually, when are you going to do something different? Because that little girl is going to be five and she'll be like, what's the lady name uh, that used to be married to Kanye? She's crying all the Kim. time. 
because she's crying because she did a sex video. And now her little boy is now throwing the middle side, the middle finger up at people, the paparazzi. Well, they've seen everything. So what do you expect your children to do? You do not have cookie cutters, androids. These are real human beings. They're not going to perform like little monkeys the way you think they are, especially when your behavior has not changed. So I would say that to any of these, but they're not asking me anyways. But I didn't appreciate that Fox News wanted to go instead of them going after their own politician, because this was a Republican woman, mm -hmm. they they insulted Meg the Stallion by comparing this woman with her. Meg is not a politician. Meg is an entertainer. This woman, what they didn't talk about, which we need to talk about, since we're talking about freedom and how we don't have expression, we don't have rights, how the, the newspaper can have a tendency to just support whatever political agenda to make money. That lady was sleeping. Well, she was she was groping a man who has the bar. Now, they didn't really talk about that very much, but this man has a bar, according to report. He has a gay bar, and he's a Democrat. Now, her thing was that she she they're no longer dating because he's a Democrat. Well, how is it if you were dating this person? A, how is it you dating this person and you don't know that they're a Democrat? And secondly, if this is your first date, why are you letting this man grope you on your first date? Although we know that wasn't the first date because there's a report out there that this lady had been going out with this man before. But this is literally one of those cases where the Democrats and the Republican in the bed with each other and they don't care nothing about poor people. I don't care if you're a poor homosexual because this man has a gay bar where he, he remember now, Lauren Bober talks about you're grooming our children. Okay, but you having sex with a man or you let a man grope you who has a bar, who has drag queens. Isn't that the same thing you say about the drag queen, the grooming the children? That part. But this is Colorado. You know, the same state where the other binary person went into a bar and shot people up. But the agenda is the politicians are trying to use the LGBT community to promote it. And I think I heard a podcaster say that, but I'm going to go a step further. Promote eugenics. Because once they mess, once any young person mess their body up, okay? I don't really care who they sleep with. Sleep with whoever you want to. If you grown. If you're not, you cannot sleep with children. and You cannot be educating children to do none of these acts because children should not be knowing this stuff. Right. But they're using these agendas because anytime it has to do with a homosexual who kills somebody because somebody shot up something in Philadelphia who was a, a homosexual. They didn't talk about that person. They didn't talk about this this uh, binary person. They don't talk about anything that has to do with the homosexual community when they do something that's in line with what you say, uh, uh, a white supremacy thing. They don't line them up that white supremacy has no face 
and it's not dedicated, quote unquote, to the Democrats or the Republican, and it will shoot up anybody just mm -hmm. like he did. And he could very well could have been a quote unquote a Democrat. So they couldn't spin neither one of these narratives to fit anything because they do sleep with each other. They do have uh, 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 these laws that they can always have bipartisan, but it's only when it has to do with something with, for us. They 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 can't seem to find the find uh, seem to find bipartisan. Then that's the hardest thing in the world to make sure uh, black people get economics, uh, economic benefit, and representation in this regime. So, but we're gonna fight for our own freedom. We're become we we're becoming our own advocates. We are. And that's what we have to continue to promote. If we want freedom, we have to fight for it. We can't we can't talk about going to some polls and vote and thinking some politician gonna get us freedom. They've never given us freedom. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I'm glad you brought that because when Barack Obama got elected, that was the talk. Oh yeah, we gonna we gonna get this, we gonna get that, and this is gonna happen, and that is gonna happen. But when he left office, uh, what was that? Twenty when he left office in in twenty sixteen, like we he was, were, we he was still he was still pulling that game, talking about make his legacy, uh, do something and vote for Hillary. So it's always you you know next time for black people, always next time. Well, you got to get in office to do that. You know, that's what the Aaron Sharptons and all of them were saying. He got to get in office first. No, they don't have to do any of that. The George Floyd, the George Floyd uprising showed that black people don't have to. All of these things that's talking about reparation happened, started happening during the George Floyd uprising. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to be. Didn't have to pass a bill. People just got in the street and things happened. And that's what we have to do. But we have to be consistent. That's the part that we're not. We're not hungry enough. As I tell you, I'm trying to educate the young. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help you guys build voices, build connections, not just across this country, but across this world where you can become your own network. I it is and like even 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 in this even with what we're doing like right now like we're 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 educate we're we're getting the information out to people using this platform with history and everything and the thing that bothers me is to hear not that I can't even and, and like I one thing I I and I one thing Tariq said that got my attention. He was like, I can't, he said, what'd he say? I can't call these old niggas elders. So I'm just going to call them olders because they just <laughs> still. And it's certain people that is certain people in everybody's family 
they they spitting this old stuff talking about you got to get up and vote. You got to get out there and vote. Well, um, those are olders. Those are not elders. Well, the olders, that's what they've become conditioned to think is uh, advocacy. That has never been advocacy. Advocacy. I don't hear none of these olders being a Fannie Lou Hammer. Now, Mm. that was advocacy. When they actually voted, that was the end of the advocacy. They had already done the footwork. She had already gotten beat. She had already got put in jail. She had already got put off the farm. She and her family. So that's the end of advocacy. Everybody think, quote unquote, voting. First of all, voting is too easy. Only thing you do is go to a poll, pull a lever, and that's it. If it's that easy, obviously it hadn't been working because we still don't have anything. That part. Mm -hmm. Even when we put people in office and they have all the levers to make things happen, we still come up with the short end of the stick. So it it can't be uh, that it is voting. Voting has never been the be all for black people. Black people have always been resilient in finding ways to make things work. And we have not been finding ways to make things work. We have, the church has given up its position to be popular. Churches used to be the cornerstone the, net, the cornerstone and the network for advocacy. The only thing church served for now is like Sunday morning worship. That's not what church started out being. Church was the place where you could go and find out if we need to go get Jimmy Lee out of jail this week. How much money we need to put in the coffer so we can get Miss Miss What's McCullough her, her her food because Jimmy Lee was her only child and he's in jail. That's what the church was for. Uh, mm-hmm. Preacher, whatever. How many of them other brothers can you get together because we need to put this person in position now because I, I, we saw what What's McCullough doing and he ain't working for us. That's what the church was for. Churches don't do that now. Yeah. They're too busy. And well, they, well, first of all, they're too busy, quote unquote, quoting this thing about getting saved. And that is not what churches were set up for. Yeah. I will continue to say that churches were not set up. And I mean churches. The churches in the United States started with, quote unquote, these white people. And white people, churches were not set up to save people. They were set up because that way they can make money and they can have community uh economics. That's what churches were set up for because they didn't have enough when they came out of Europe. And they started setting up different ones because Europe said you had to take part of your earnings at the church and pay us. That's how the church and the separation of church and state came about because they had to pay. They had to pay part of their earnings to the crown. And they wanted to separate themselves from the crown. So then we got the idea in the concept. It's not a part of the Constitution, although people say it like it is. That's something Thomas Jefferson said, but that's never been a part of the Constitution. They just understood that they didn't want that because these people were not, as they say, 
we're talking about a group of people who were barely coming out of the era of being illiterate. They were just now learning to read. You're talking about people who had no history of literacy. Everything these people learned was from the elites. Common people were not reading. Right. That's the part. That's the part the white historians don't tell you. The only person in the church with a Bible was the preacher. Yes. And it wasn't just the Catholic church. It was all of the churches. Mm -hmm. They had to learn to read. They had to learn to write. They had to learn to start being educated because that is where the education system started. In the churches. Church schools. And education as a general public rule, it was started because they needed folks to learn, back to the reading thing, they needed people to learn how to learn, read these blueprints to work in these factories. How about that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the other piece that's left education out. Education to create more workers. Listen, I need people to work and I need them to know how to read these blueprints. So these white land owners, okay, factory owners, they set up schools, the education system. Now, mind you that black people are already educating black people when the school system started in the North. There were also schools in the South, but somehow the United States have ever put those two together and the reason why it was two separate events. And secondly, white people were not sending their children to school because it wasn't necessary. Europeans only valued money and it wasn't just little black children who were indigent servants under 10, they were also the white children because they were stealing them out of Europe. They didn't have to know how to read. They were just like the Oliver Twist thing, okay? That movie, Oliver Twist. Mm -hmm. they, they were these, they were these, uh, uh, they were being used. But this tapestry we call slavery in this, this country has so many layers and so many storylines to it, it would take us another five or 10 years to, you know, unpack it. But we got to free ourselves. But we got to understand what real freedom is. And yeah. if, we don't, if we don't have freedom of thought, our own thoughts, that doesn't mean that even if we're talking about religion, that does not mean that your religion gets to dominate me. Mm. Yeah. That's how you want to believe. That's how you believe. But we should have a common thread, and that's our own humanity and our own experience to bring us together. But eventually one day, maybe I'll get around to giving people uh, some snippets of why religion has been uh, more of a uh, hindrance than a freedom uh, mechanism for us. And, and it is continuing to hold us hostage because we've bought into these 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 ideals and these people 
that we think are living in us. And I would ask the question, well, who, where are you? If they living in you. Remember, I work in the hospital, so I got to get I have to get people to be honest and authentic with their struggles. And if if they can't have to be honest with themselves, it's kind of hard to always use something else to be your scapegoat. That includes this this entity you call God. Mm hmm. So. Yep. And that, that um that that freedom of that freedom of thought is huge because right it is uh, right now a lot of people are so trapped by literally what you've been taught in school what you've been what you've been forced to believe Mm -hmm. due to what you were taught in school and what you've been taught at church. And then when things don't line up, you are confused. And then when you ask questions because you're confused, you're met with a lot of resistance. Because, because you're forced to, to struggle with, maybe you don't believe, or maybe you want to change your mind about believing. Why you don't have the freedom to do that? That's what I say. Freedom has to come from within. Even before we go out in the public sphere, if we have not freed ourselves, it doesn't make any difference because we get, you know, all the freedom to movement, to say what we want. You, you don't even know how to be. And the first thing we have to be is authentic. <laughs> mm hmm. And be honest. And if we're not honest with self, we can't be honest with anything else. So freedom comes with us freeing ourselves to, to say some of the things that we thought we knew or assumed we knew. We don't want to believe that no more. That doesn't mean you can't go back and believe it again. That's the level of freedom that I wish more of us can embrace. Yeah. Say if you give it up for a year, whatever it is, give it up and try something different and try to see if what you're doing different is more freeing than what you have been conditioned to. That's freedom. Like I'm at a point right now where I am worshiping God and I'm not even stuck on the whole quote unquote Jesus thing. And I'm still at a regular church. You pro uh, my hunch is, are you at peace though? Oh, I am. But see, that's the, that's the part that people, uh, I don't think they understand the difference between that. If you still have peace within and you're not following a concept that you call one thing or another, then you still got your peace. A peace of mind is better than anything. That part. <laughs> but even as little kids, they have this thing called children's church where they're bombarding you with all the stories Noah and Moses and Joseph and his coat of many colors and the story of David and the Cain and Abel story 
and Abraham. And then that little Jesus boy story that starts on defense. They start telling the story on December 1st. Soon as Thanksgiving break is over. Well, maybe we'll do that at Christmas time so people can actually uh, see. Why is it they're still holding on to those stories? Maybe. Maybe maybe somebody will be interested to see why are they hanging on to the stories? Where did they come from? Are they even real? And if they're not real, then what are you going to put in the place of that idea and that concept that you've been gravitating toward? That, yes. Yes. Like I said, I work in a hospital, so I'm always trying to get people to be their authentic self. I'm not trying to get people saved because that's not what my job is. I've been doing this uh, 20 plus years. So therefore, I'm comfortable just letting people be because I'm being. And I don't have to gravitate toward any of that. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a licensed, I'm a licensed preacher. But at this point, I have changed the whole message around, so people will be surprised. I am trying to teach people how to be free. I'm not trying to teach, teach people to quote unquote get a salvation because that's never been a part of my agenda. My agenda has been how do you get free, and how do you get free has to do with you working within that concept you call the authentic self. So those are principles that comes from within. And if you can't be in in an authentic self, meaning you are dealing with the core of you. Mm -hmm. And if you can't be honest, honest is one of the highest level of spirituality. If you can't be honest, that means you live in a lie. A lie is what? Deception. Yep. A lie probably is hiding something else, probably fear, shame, all of those other things. But those are levels that I take the idea, the concept, and the thought of spirituality to a new uh, level of understanding. And yes, I can use the Bible to help anybody know or learn what they want. But I prefer that we learn to understand what our ancestors brought to us and left us. And now we've given it up because we don't talk about our ancestors, even if we know only a few of them. We do more talking about some entity that somebody else told us about instead of our own people. And if we can get back to actually learning to appreciate what they did, how minor it might be to some people, or how great. I use uh, uh, one of my ancestors' story that they are my savior. I say that, but I don't tell the family that because at this point, we have to we have to be on a, a, a wavelength where we can have a conversation because he, in essence, he did. He saved his family. And he did, he would have died for his family. So why wouldn't he, wouldn't that example be of a savior? He actually did that. Mm-hmm. But that's way above people thinking. So, yeah. and, and we and we kind of moved away from the, the freedom uh, uh, narrative. So, but he did, he, 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 he did some different stuff. So, but that, I'd say that's a conversation for uh, much later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I have. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This We got a lot of information out on this. 
<laughs> well, uh, I think we're stretching the, the information because um, as we continue to um, dialogue, I am reminded of half of the things that we already have at our disposal. As I say, maybe next week we can do something that has to do with uh, it, it may be a fun podcast, but at the same time, some of the things that people are familiar with, because we've, we, you, we're, we're talking a lot of abstracts right now and talking about news article. But next week, we can talk about stuff people can go back and see for themselves if we do something on just say music or we do something about TV. I'm, I'm sure people can think of some of these things that they've actually been conditioned by some of these TV shows or some of the music or some of the music that uh, our elders taught us. And we've lost that because really think about it. The black church was the music hub. Not the, black, the, the black church was the music hub, not the Hebrew Israelites. I'm not taking anything from those groups, but they're not the hub. The Muslim church or I mean temple, they're not the hub. I don't know any music that come out of those two groups. So I'm just talking about what we have contributed for everybody's listening. And I, and I will go farther than that. I would say music in general, but now I'm just talking about spirituality. Because now our spirituality music, is, it's limited. When we used to have uh, people who had choirs in practically every state, mm -hmm. if not groups, and now we really have nothing. Young people too busy. As, I mean, we just talked about not just Meg, but all of the young people. They're busy just trying to make sure they make the money. And that's fine. That's their craft. But we don't have anything else. They, we, they still have Kirk Franklin. But as far as anybody else other than Kirk Franklin, there are very few people. They used to have a quote-unquote gospel Fest, gospel concert, uh, gospel explosion, gospel explode. You had all of those. We have nothing now. So, so we, uh, that's something we can, you know, just kind of mull over and see if that's something we can uh, stretch and give people some ideas to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And was uh like the last of the the last of the great choirs, like John P. Key's choir still tours. Um, what's the guy out of New York? James Hall. His he and his he and his people still tour, but they mostly stay up in that. You know, Philly, New York, New Jersey, um, Buffalo, you know, up in up in that area, up in that northeast well, coast area. Well, well, we can actually we can do this after we, we get offline and, and we can actually prepare it. How about we just prepare for next time so we can uh, either that or the movie thing. And we can just talk about how this has shaped and what it where it has gone now. Okay. So, 
Okay. We we can look at that farther because um, it has been a shift. Absolutely. Yep. Well, all right, chocolate people. Uh, until next time, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, soon we will be. Uh, soon we will have our our Zelle and uh, PayPal and Cash App set up. But until just please like, share, and subscribe. And uh, till next time. Uh, be blessed. Peace. Peace.